Post Reports is brought to you by Purina. Purina has hundreds of pet food recipes that are made without artificial flavors or preservatives and is striving for 100% recyclable or reusable packaging by 2025 so that they can help make the world a better place. Learn more at Purina.com cares. From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Post Reports. I'm Martine Powers. It's Tuesday, July 21st. So back in June, an event popped up on Facebook that announced a group of anti-fascist or antifa protesters were planning on going to Gettysburg National Cemetery on July 4th, Independence Day. And there they were planning on burning American flags. That's Dalton Bennett. He's an investigative reporter. And I'm looking at this poster now. It was posted on Facebook by this account called Left Behind USA. The poster looks pretty professionally made. There is a big image of a flag that is burning. And at the very top, it says Antifa presents 4th of July flag burning to peacefully protest for abolishing police nationwide. When this event was first posted in June, it was obviously against the backdrop of protests that were taking place all over the country. America has never where some people were burning flags and monuments were being pulled down. So there were parts of this event that seemed plausible, but then there were parts of it that seemed kind of weird. Just the language that was associated with these posts, there were strange details about busloads of Antifa that were going to show up. It was inviting children to come and burn flags together with the Antifa. Again, looking at this post, the organizer says, quote, We'd like to welcome some wonderful Antifa artists who will be on hand giving away free face painting and reading material to children who attend the event. We'll also be giving away free small flags for children to safely throw in the fire. The language on it was just so extreme that it just it felt like some sort of hoax. But It was very clear that hundreds and hundreds of people thought this was a real event. Hey, what's going on, guys? So, how's it uh, going there? Antifa plans to go to Gettysburg. Antifa terrorists are planning a flag Flag burning protest ceremony. I guess they're going to tear up a bunch of stuff and uh, tear down some statues. The call's been put out for patriots and militia to rally to Gettysburg. We're going to battle. I would plan on coming full battle rattle. Sorry, take no prisoners. And so you went to Gettysburg on the 4th of July, and when you got there, what what happened? Bring in third world diseases and third world sexual countries into my land. I say no. It was a, a really a, a stunning scene. Gettysburg National Cemetery in the actual battleground is a huge space. It's in the small town of Gettysburg. All around this area, there were hundreds and hundreds of counter-demonstrators that had gathered for this protest to stop and confront Antifa. Why did you come out here today? Uh, I don't know anything except Antifa, uh, that they were coming to burn a flag, supposedly. We're not going to tolerate that here. Maybe they want to do that out in the West Coast. They ain't doing it here. Some had long guns. Others in the crowd were dressed in Civil War-era garb. There is more firepower in this town than there was during the Battle of Gettysburg in 1863. Also in the crowd were right-wing militia groups and, in some cases, skinheads and members of the Ku Klux Klan. We live in a society where the white man 
is now the victim. We're going to tear down our monuments in our history. We, we, no one's tearing down any monuments here today. That's why we came here today. Wow. So all these people had shown up basically to protect the flag or to protest against the, the flag burning. But was there anyone who was actually burning flags there? So my colleague Sean Boberg and I spent hours walking around talking to protesters that had gathered. And as far as we know, no one ever showed up. There weren't the busloads of Antifa that had been advertised in this random Facebook group that were planning on showing up and burning flags. None of that happened. You would be in one part of the park speaking with demonstrators that had gathered in anticipation of Antifa arriving, ask them about the protest and if they had even seen any sort of Antifa presence or demonstration. Most people in one area would say, no, I haven't seen anything here. So do you think there's any possibility that this event could have just been made up to agitate people and get people to come out? certainly not made up because they were just out on Confederate Avenue and they were going to do something and the Patriots showed up there and then they called the police. So it's not made up. It's happened. You would show up to the other area and then you'd talk to people that were in that area. They would say the same exact thing. It was this elusive phantom threat Hmm. of Antifa that never materialized. And why do you think that nobody from Antifa actually showed up? You know, that is a great question. And, you know, we tracked the group Left Behind USA that was associated with this event for several weeks. We spent a lot of time identifying clues that had been left within social media posts. And as far as we could tell, and this also includes speaking to actual Antifa activists in Pennsylvania, that this was completely made up. This was some type of hoax that was designed or possibly designed to get people riled up and show up at Gettysburg on July 4th. So why do you think someone would make a hoax or a prank like this? Like, what's the point? So this is a really fascinating aspect of this, right? To understand what would be the motivations for someone organizing this type of event. And if they aren't who they say they are, could it be somebody maybe on the left trying to antagonize the right or maybe somebody on the right trying to antagonize the left? Or could it be a foreign power, right? Somebody trying to sow chaos and division in the United States. Because it does seem like there were actual consequences for this, right? Like, I'm hearing the tape. It sounds like it was really scary to be there. Yeah. You know, people have been hurt along the way, right? Yeah. It seems at first like funny memes, but just in this environment right now, politically, people are acting on them. And we saw that in Gettysburg. It was probably the worst Fourth of July we have ever witnessed in our entire lives. Oh, wow. Having skinheads in the front of the National Cemetery where Lincoln gave his one of the most famous speeches ever was really surreal. That's Marty Qualley. He's a county commissioner in Adams County, Pennsylvania, and he lives in Gettysburg. To us, the battlefield is part of our neighborhood. There are parts of the battlefield that literally come up to my house. Once these folks were emboldened, that's when they started to go through town. You heard from restaurants that the 4th of July was not a good day for revenue. Servers talking about trying to navigate between tables to distribute meals with AR-15s hung over the back of chairs. Yeah. Residents who witnessed a street brawl in our tourist center of Steinway Avenue. We had residents who had racial slurs yelled at them that were spit at through car windows at them. Really? They scared away tourists. I've spoken to tourists that were scared away by the sights that they saw there, right? Yeah, yeah. 
there's a point where this went from a joke to real life consequences and the real life consequences up until this point are a small little town that is trying to survive through COVID and their income is really based off of tourism. And at the end of the day, like these little places like Gettysburg, they have to foot the bill even for the security, right? We had Homeland Security here. We had National Park Service. We had state police. We had two different local police forces, even the county sheriff department. So it's clear that there was a pretty enormous cost for the town just for this hoax that someone invented over the internet. My challenge is that if it was a one-time event, there was a cost, we'll get over it. You know, we, we are a very resilient community, especially when it comes to, you know, tourism marketing and, and how to keep our economy moving forward. The real challenge is if the people who came here that weekend and witnessed this and were appalled by it, do they decide to come back to Gettysburg? Hmm. Do they tell people, here's what I witnessed in Gettysburg. Do people think this is normal? This is not normal. This is not what Gettysburg is like. Our challenge is how do we keep this from being something that happens every year? Mm -hmm. Because as you said, it was a hoax. It was an obvious hoax. Yeah. And yet a thousand people showed up to protect us from a hoax. So if this was all in fact part of a hoax, do we know who did the hoax? Like who started this all? Through our research and reporting, my colleague Sean Boberg and I were able to trace it back to an online persona of a person by the name of Alan Jeffs. Alan Jeffs. Is that a real name or is that a fake name? Uh, it is a question that has haunted me and it's kept me up at night for the past two weeks while I've worked on this story. And the answer is, I don't know. What we have been able to gather from our reporting thus far is that Alan Jeffs claims to be from Pennsylvania, that they are a lifelong Democrat, and that they've been involved in several campaigns, fundraising campaigns, for a couple different issues. So you guys were actually able to get in touch with this person? Yes, but it was messages over Twitter. It wasn't like a phone call. Got it, got it. But there's nobody in the state of Pennsylvania that matches that description. As far as we know, this person does not exist. We have no idea who they are. So, Dalton, you're about to publish a story about everything that you've been able to figure out so far in this. But is there anything else that you're going to try to find out? Well, we've had a couple people reach out, and we're in the process of reporting out the tips that we've received. I can't say much more at this point, but hope to have a better understanding of who is Alan Jeffs within the next day or so. But uh, I'll definitely keep you guys posted. Hey, can you hear me? Hey. Okay, so I'm plugged in now. Yeah, I'm rolling. So Dalton, it's been a few days, and the last time we spoke, you were just about to publish what you'd reported on essentially this big hoax that took place at Gettysburg. What have you found out since then? So basically is what, what has happened is after the story came out, we had some people reach out to us. They said that they know who the person is that's behind this because 
the person has done a lot of trolling in the past. Oh. For, I mean, over 15 years, this guy has done various trolls. For 15 years? 15 years. I mean, we're talking <laughs> since like the dawn of the internet. <laughs> there actually is a list of things that have made the news. Huh. Things that have been covered by other outlets and, and have gotten a lot of attention online, particularly by pro-Trump groups and other conservatives. So we went back to look at all these different Reddit accounts. We looked at Twitter accounts, Facebook, old comments, like message boards, everything, right? And we're slowly able to piece together a picture of who this person is and what they've been up to and all of their different trolls. So basically, we think that this troll is a man by the name of Adam Rahuba. Adam lives on somebody's couch in a suburb or a town outside of Pittsburgh, he runs this pop punk dance night in Pittsburgh <laughs> at like a bar that plays, it, uh, respectfully, in my opinion, the worst music ever. Um, <laughs> like, and, like what? <laughs> I mean, we're talking like Newfound Glory. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lucky like seventh grade me would be extremely into this. Yeah. That part of it is a real tragedy. And um, so this guy basically for years and years now is running different troll operations. So just to go in a little bit of detail, I mean, his history goes back to like the early 2000s where he was booking bands in Pittsburgh. And there was another outfit that was booking similar bands. Adam nonstop was attacking him anonymously on the internet through a couple message boards. And it got so bad that this other promoter sent a cease and desist letter to Adam mm. Years later, another band booker by the name of Gorilla Music that's based out of Cleveland, um, they actually filed a lawsuit against Adam Rahuba. What did the lawsuit allege? The lawsuit alleged defamation of character. They finally just sued him because they wanted him to stop. Just to make sure that I understand. So like the yeah. picture that you are at least beginning to get from this is basically that this guy started out essentially using the internet to like bring down his competition in the like music promoting world or like the bar promoting world? Exactly. I mean, this guy has been a troll for years, right? And it looks like where it begins is targeting people that are perceived to be competition. From there, we see a transition, right? We see him create websites like 911wasfunny.com, which was covered by the New York Post. We see the creation of of a website called the Trayvon Martin Amendment. What was that supposed to be about? It was a website that was proposing a new amendment to the Constitution that would name the NRA to be a terrorist organization, specific militia groups. Um, it was just complete provocation targeted towards pro-gun groups. We found posts within the past year by another account run by Adam Rahuba where he bragged about at the time period of running that troll that he was making $3,000 a week just based off of people visiting the website. What? Yeah, it's totally crazy. I mean, so like Wild. it's clear that like this early stuff is more than anything. It just feels like a troll, right? A, like a crazy troll to drive at revenue and for people just to come and like hate click and read about it and share. Huh. This guy's done other strange things. Like he's written some self-published erotica. <laughs> oh my God, please. I want to hear more, please. Yeah, I haven't read it. There, uh, to be honest, this guy has such a big online presence. Like it is truly stunning through Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, Instagram. 
And, you know, one thing, a constant thread through all of them is that he leaves very specific biographical clues. Like what? Medical issues that he's faced or his situation living on friends' couches or being unemployed or, you know, using the same fundraising accounts to ask people to send him money. It's basically like this big web of just trying to piece this together. We've also seen evidence or at least in some of his Reddit posts that he actually claimed to be the first hoax protest at Gettysburg in 2017, where a militiaman that showed up accidentally shot himself. Wait, so, and that was in, that was in 2017. Yeah. So then this thing that you went to last week, I mean, that was like the latest in even a series of things that had happened at Gettysburg of like these things that he'd like pulled off. It is truly astonishing how successful some of these trolls have been and how much time and effort went into them. It shows you how like effective this can be. Something that started with a meme resulted in hundreds of armed people showing up at Gettysburg on 4th of July. And when you think about something like the Pizzagate thing a few years ago, when a guy shows up to a pizza restaurant in D.C. to investigate this conspiracy theory and ends up shooting inside the restaurant, it just shows that when something on the internet translates into people showing up to a place armed, that could end up really seriously. It's not just a funny thing. Yeah, it's not a joke. Clearly, this is a person that really cared about this in some ways. Question is, is like, you know, to what ends, right? Like, why do all of this? Yeah, why? I mean, that would be my question. Let me ask you this. Um, Have you, like, reached out to this guy yet? Or are you trying to, like, figure out your plan for how you're going to do that? So this guy is, he doesn't have a fixed address in the sense of, like, he lives at this place here So Sean and I are probably going to drive up to Pittsburgh where we think he lives Mm. and knock on his door. Okay. Yeah. How are you feeling about that? Oh, I'm all about it. It'll be interesting to see how he responds. It's very different when you can exist anonymously, but I think it'll be interesting to be able to sit down and try to talk to this guy about like why he did all this. Well, I am excited to hear how it goes when you guys finally hopefully get to meet this person in person. For sure. And I'll make sure to record some audio on the car ride up and stuff. So it's six in the morning and we're just about to begin a four and a half hour drive towards Pittsburgh to hopefully confront uh, this internet troll. So wish us luck. So we drove up there. So Sean and I have just arrived to the town of Ambridge, Pennsylvania. You know, we talked to a couple people that knew him, and it looked like he could be staying at a friend's house. We're walking up to the house right now. When he knocked on the door, nobody answered. There was a dog inside that was barking. (laughs) And on our way out, I noticed that there was a pizza box on the ground, right? It's a pizza box outside that says Adam R. (gasps) Yeah, it was like a moment of, oh, yeah. He had a side of two garlic cups. It's like the most exciting pizza box in the history of the world. 
the pizza was only a couple days old. It's got to be fresh because there's fresh tomato sauce on the ground there. You know, we stayed around the house for a bit just to see if anybody would come and go. At the same time, you know, we were tracking and monitoring the social media that was used by Adam and saw that he had been tweeting and he had his location services still on. Oh. And they were for Harmony Township where we found the pizza box outside of the apartment. We headed back and knocked on the door aggressively. What do you mean by aggressively? What it turns out is possibly the first time that Adam just couldn't hear us and didn't hear us. <laughs> so, um, not loud enough. Adam answered. Hey, Adam. Hey, Adam. How's it going? How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Good. Sean Boberg. He oh. is late 30s, average looking white guy. He has tattoos. You know, it was a hot day. He was answered in a black t shirt and jeans. Yeah. So, how'd you find me? Uh, well, we found this address because you're registered to vote here, but. We talked to some former acquaintances. Fair. And uh, wanted to chat with you about it. Okay, cool. Um, I guess I'm outed, so yeah. (laughs) So, you're left behind USA. You are the famous Alan Jeffs. Yes. Tell us us why. It was a troll. Yeah. From day one, it was a troll. Um, (laughs) He seemed surprised to see us at first, but, you know, once we started asking him about Left Behind USA... He immediately admitted to it. My name's Adam Rahuba. I'm from Pittsburgh, and I'm the person behind the Left Behind USA Twitter account that caused a bunch of uh, Nazis to show up at Gettysburg. We just started listing all the aliases that we were able to identify as being associated with, and he admitted to all of them. He seemed to be surprised by the amount of everything that we knew about him. 2017 Gettysburg. Yes. The Trayvon's Amendment. Wow, he really did. Yes. Okay, yes, that was me. And when you guys were talking through, like, all of these things that he'd done in 2012 and 2017 and this new thing at Gettysburg, was he talking about it with, like, did you get the impression that he was proud of these things? My impression was that Adam was definitely proud of the work that he had done. You know, he told us about the details and the amount of effort that went into Left Behind USA. Um, no, to- it did not take a lot of work. Um, I'd say that I probably put maybe two hours of work into this whole thing. And what did he say about why he did it? You know, he said he did this event to mock those on the right that are so terrified of Antifa, those that would be willing to show up at protests armed. You know, he thought it would be a way to show the rest of the public how radical these types of groups really are. I think making those people look absurd is very important because they're not getting the type of coverage as the lunatics that they are that we need to be seeing in this country. Um, You've got people out, you know, holding AR-15s to protest haircuts and spreading insane conspiracy theories about JFK Jr., And they're not being ridiculed at all. They're almost being treated as like a mainstream political movement. And that's just absurd and insane. So if you make them look insane, maybe we can sway some people. When we talked last time, you were saying that, you know, obviously the the kind of sense that he pulls bring a lot of people who have very extremist views to these places, and it could be dangerous because they are armed, um, but also that it's just a huge tax on the place that these people are showing up to, right? So did he have any reaction to that, that the kinds of things that he does and the situations that he's trying to create, that they actually end up being harmful to a lot of people? 
I wouldn't say he was concerned with that. Um, I think that things like this happen everywhere. Um, I think that protests, whether they be real or feigned, they happen everywhere, and that's just a consequence of living in America. Yeah. Yep. So you, you don't feel any regret or any misgivings about it? Um, as long as no one was seriously hurt, I don't think that there's any harm. My response would be that the extreme thing is people showing up with guns and Confederate flags to a protest when even if the protests were legitimate, it was protected by the First Amendment and a bunch of militias showing up with guns is just absurd. So I'd say that those are the people who are putting people in danger. In some ways, I understand what Adam is thinking, that he wants to highlight and to show everybody that these guys are absurd, these militiamen are absurd. It's also a way for other types of activists to monitor and track the activities of white supremacists, of neo-Nazis and Klansmen. Like, I get all that, right? Yeah, I totally get that. But but isn't there an argument that that is still dangerous for the other people who are showing up to Gettysburg, who were not there for, like, anti-Antifa protests, but were just there, and then all of a sudden you have these, like, skinheads and 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 people walking around with guns? I mean, it kind of reminds me of what people say about, like, shouting fire in a in a crowded theater, right? That like, yes, you can say the word fire, but if it causes people to react in a way that could be dangerous, then isn't there something dangerous about saying that? Totally. I mean, I asked him, I was like, look, Adam, don't you think you're just adding gasoline to already a pretty tense, in in some ways, toxic political discourse? What do you think about just kind of adding this, in some ways, gasoline to the fire? Um... Fight fire with fire, I guess, would be what I would how I would respond to that. Um, though we're not showing up with guns, lots of places. I think if somebody is going to be moved to violence from some internet posts, they're the ones with the problem. He wasn't concerned with that. He did not express any concern about the potential dangers that he could put people that happened to have just showed up at Gettysburg on July Fourth, tourists, right, the townsfolk. He was not worried about them. Well, two things. Again, that is County Commissioner Qualley from Gettysburg. Number one, I I don't think the far right needs any help being mocked. Um, I think they prove it on a daily basis that they're out of touch with American values. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely mainstream culture and to some degree living in the past. As far as the effect locally, it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't need to use a lie to try to uncover the truth. It just doesn't work. It causes damage locally. You know, we now have, you know, children who, who live here that were afraid that day. This is something they're going to have to, you know, live with and, and get over. And if this is a hoax just to prove that the far right wing is out of touch, you don't need, we don't need help doing that. They do it themselves. What we need are people who are educated and intelligent enough to discern that their ideologies are wrong. Yeah. This kind of showcase is not necessary. It also feels like a good symbol for both the power and the kind of horribleness of the internet, that it is so easy to manipulate people. And I think that in some ways, there's just like an ability to feel like you are the puppet master, but that the problem with the internet is that it insulates you from the consequences of those things and how they play out in real people's lives, not over a screen. Absolutely. There is, and there's absolutely a a sense of power, I think, that comes with that, that knowing you made the reaction. In fact, in, in county government, we are trained that, you know, if there is a bomb threat, what you do is you inspect your area, you, you become aware, 
you don't immediately go rushing out the door because a lot of times it is the power of saying, look what I made these people do. It was a fake bomb threat, lacked credibility, but still they reacted. I think the the big takeaway from this story is that if one guy can make a couple flashy memes, a couple Facebook groups and events and stir up this much chaos, imagine what could happen if some other entity, whether that's a foreign government or some type of you know malicious actor was able to do the same. I think what it does is it just shows us how susceptible we are to manipulation and mm-hmm. how little it takes to draw a crowd, right? And, and to me, I guess that was really surprising that it only took this one guy on, a, on his friend's couch who spent two hours crafting up a couple memes that got people whipped up into a frenzy. And within two weeks, we had hundreds of armed protesters arriving at Gettysburg. If you could talk to this guy who, who started this hoax, what would you want to tell him? I would probably tell him he's a moron, too. <laughs> Quite frankly, the people who showed up from the hoax did not use a level of discernment that you really need to use when you're afraid of something to the point where you're going to show up with an AR-15. At the same time, feeling the need to falsely showcase that does not show intelligence. It, it shows, in, in a way, a lack of faith in humanity. We're smart enough as a culture to be able to see what's right and wrong. And we, we just have to, we have to take a little more time to do it. It's, it's not as fast as a few, you know, edits to a bad invitation. It's not a, a couple clicks of the mouse. You have to really stop and, and analyze things. And we need to get back to a, I don't know, maybe a time where we stop and think more than just react. Dalton Bennett and Sean Boberg are investigative reporters for The Post. This story was produced by Ted Muldoon. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. And now it's our turn to listen to you and what you think about The Post's podcasts. Check out our audience survey at WashingtonPost.com slash podcast survey. You'll also find a link in the show notes for today's episode at postreports.com. I'm Martine Powers. We'll be back tomorrow with more stories from the Washington Post. 